Hello, and welcome to PhD Paranormal. We're a pair of normal PhDs. Talk about all sorts of paranormal spooky things. And this feels very awkward today. It is awkward because we're actually sitting on the same side of our podcasting table. It's like annoying couples at restaurants who sit on the same side of the booth. Oh, they're the worst. <laughs> Awful. Uh, well, we want to welcome our listeners. We want to welcome all our patrons to another episode coming in from Season 3, live broadcast from my delightful office with the Exorcist Demon Corner, and we uh, have something special today. Yes, but... Yes. Never mind. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know we're not live, right? I know. Because we record it. I know, but okay. it feels live. I'm live. I'm alive right now. Oh, no. I mean, the demon might not want you to be much longer. Yes. So, demon update. So, um, uh, Dr. Evan walked into our recording space today where I was sitting in front of my heater going full blast because it is freezing in my office. And I, she uh, says, no, it's not. No. Um, so, I think it's a demon. And I still have pest infestations in my houses. And uh, it is problematic. So, again, if you have a demon or if you would like a demon, I will happily give you my demon. So that is the demon update. Uh, I'm trying to find out his or her name. I would hate to assign it a gender. But you forgot about your Fitbit, and it's attacking your Fitbit. Oh, yes, that's right. I'm sorry. So many things have happened in my life. So I (laughs) I regularly wear a Fitbit to keep track of the many steps I take every day. And I literally woke up one morning and my Fitbit band had just broken, just like snapped for no reason aside from either it was eaten by bedbugs or it was broken by a demon. Those are the two options and bedbugs don't eat Fitbit band, so it must be a demon. That's how science works, kids. What about demonic bedbugs? No, I think to be a demon, you can't be lazy. And I read that bedbugs are kind of lazy. So there you go. All right. So anyway, that's a demon update. But of course, as you listeners know, we have recently cruised into spooky season because the first day of fall was not too terribly long ago. And even though the weather is not presenting as fall yet, um, we are getting closer to spooky time. So what are your thoughts for spooky season this year? Um, just that I need to start getting my horror movies together for my 31 days of horror in I did, October. I did see a meme on the Facebooks of four different 31 days of Halloween, depending upon your streaming service, from Tuvio. Is that a thing? TiVo? T- no. no. Tubi? Tubi. <laughs> we sound like two elderly people. <laughs> what's this? What's this Snapchat? Uh, from uh, HBO Max, Netflix, Prime, and Tubi. Yeah, a lot. Of, I, a lot of their lists are, are too not, tame. Well, no, not too tame. It's just to me, it's like I like Hocus Pocus before you come at me, but it's not a horror movie, and they list those kinds of things. Oh, actually, there were none of those on these lists at all. Well, I've seen them in the past. Yes, not not this recent list. Well, I think because now it's only on Disney Plus. It was like it was like Demon Shredder Soul sixteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, That's well, a classic. <laughs> One that you would probably very much like. Didn't you also have an update about portals and vortexes? So, yes. So, if you remember from our last episode, dear listeners, we were talking about how in the Wilson Castle up in Maine that they suspect that there is a portal and a vortex. And uh, Dr. Evan did raise a very great question about what the hell is the difference. And a portal is a place where spirits can come in and out. So, it's like a door. Right, that just comes and goes. A vortex is a swirling mass of energy. Don't snigger at me. A swirling mass of energy that creates spaces that can um, people can channel spirits through. So it's basically a doorway versus a hurricane. There's probably more to it. I was going to do more research on this, and that was as far as I got. Okay. But it is important to note. So you can have both. You can have a vortex and a portal. And so, but you can also have a vortex, but not have a portal. So I think with vortexes, you have to manipulate the energy to get something there. A portal is just the energy is there and spirits can use it. Okay. Well, what are you doing for spooky season? I've got my 31 days of horror. Um, I have been invited to a Halloween costume party on October 1st, which I am dreading going to because it is a birthday party for a very dear friend. And I'm going with another friend, and uh, neither of us really want to go because the people at this party are about 30 years younger than we are. And it is just 
everything that you don't want to do. Be at a party where you don't know anyone, everyone's younger, and um, you're in a costume. So that is the start of my spooky season. Yeah, go slutty cat. Um, slutty cat. No, not everything has to be slutty. For you, yes, it has to be a slutty cat. No, that is not you. One, because cats are the demons, and I don't want to antagonize. See, she just rolled her eyes at me. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, so we will see where it goes. But part of, I mentioned earlier that today is awkward a little. Today is awkward. Doing your shtick. Yes. A, because we're on the same side of the table. Yes. But we're on the same side of the table because we have guests. Yes. Guests who are real, not spirits and not demons. We think. We hope. But the big thing that we always talk about is we go to all these places, but we don't actually get to go all these places. So we go to these places mostly through the internet, the magic of the web. And, of course, we can read about lots of spooky things, and we can tell you all sorts of spooky things, and we can share with you spooky pictures taken by other people. But if we're not there, it's hard to convey just how menacing some of these situations can be. In fact, one of our patrons actually did give us some feedback on our last show by saying, well, that wasn't very scary. And um, that is fair, right? Because um, we were just talking about these things. So we actually have been fortunate enough to invite some guests here who have actually visited a haunted and spooky place that we have actually talked about on this podcast live not too long ago. And these are a married couple. Yes. And they are listeners. Yes. Thank goodness. Not patrons. Oh. oh. <laughs> not right in front of them. Dr. Ed. Sorry. They are patrons because they listen. That is true. Regularly. They are delightful. Not good patrons, though. Yes. <laughs> they... They might not provide diet do money, but they keep us in business by that is true. listening to the podcast. Listening so, to the podcast. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me. And Dom. I was going to say thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome for being here. <laughs> You're very gracious in giving your time on this very nice day when there's many, many other things you could do. Um, so, uh, Dom and Nicole are longtime listeners. And we were hoping that you could tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll just jump right into our stories. I have the pleasure of working with Drs. Evan and Ed. We are in the same department. We've worked together for many years, um, which is why I find great joy in listening to your podcast. Um, uh, But we've been friends for many years, and we were inspired by your podcast uh, to go check out the Josephine. And... As a point of reference, it should be noticed that uh, Dr. Dom was one of the people who toured another haunted place with us. Yes, we, t- we had- told a story about him in yes. that podcast. So when we went to the Glorious Psychiatric Museum. Yes, and he had a ghost experience, a ghost tugged on his pant leg. But anyway, our I'm other Nicole. guest. Hi, um, I'm Mrs. Dr. Dom. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I do promote your podcast you on, do. My, on my social media. She does. She is yeah. amazing. It's and the other one. I will be teaching my father how to work podcasts so that he can listen to your show as well. <laughs> what I really want to hear is your mother's take. Oh, <laughs> we can talk about that. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> Terrible German accent. <laughs> it's generic other accent. <laughs> yes, but welcome. Thank you both for coming. Thank you. And where they visit it is the famous, at least famous because it's on the internets and we have talked about it, so that makes it famous, Hotel Josephine in Holton, Kansas. Now, Holton, Kansas is about an 80-minute drive from where we're located in northwest Missouri, delivering this magical podcast to you. And the Hotel Josephine has a history. It is, of course, the longest continuously Operating hotel west of the Mississippi. It had a one-year closure in 2010 because of some tax issues, but for the most part, it's been running since it was built. It is heavily haunted, or so it has been claimed. There are a series of spirits that include, of course, Josephine Walker, who is the daughter of the man who built it. Her picture actually hangs in the main entryway. There's reportedly a grouchy old man who hangs out in the John Wayne room. There are numerous children that are supposed to be in the basement, so much so that they leave stuffed animals out for them as a placating offering. And then there's a room called the Carry Nation Room, which is particularly problematic. Uh, Reports of a woman having hanged herself many years back, and that spirit still lingers. And of course, the Hotel Josephine does allow personal ghost hunting, as well as they have professional ghost hunters there. And there are some rules that have to be followed if you're engaging in personal ghost hunting, which include that there are areas of the hotel that are restricted. You are now not allowed to use a Ouija board. 
You are not allowed to provoke or um, uh, scold ghosts. You are not allowed to sage or cleanse in the hotel. And you are not allowed to conjure anything. And so with that in the background, we're just going to turn it over. And why don't you, Nicole, tell us a little bit about how this adventure got started for you. (laughs) Okay, so we were listening to season two. And that's how we were introduced to the idea of the Hotel Josephine. And um, it was right around the time of our wedding anniversary. Um, So... Given that it's pretty nearby, we really liked the stories that you shared about it, Googled it, and okay, so we went. Um, I, for one, have, well, this is a perfect experience to talk about because I feel like I've had experiences in the past, and I believe what I see, whereas Dr. Dom is more of a skeptic. I am less of a believer, even when I have experienced things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but I'd never been on a formal ghost hunt before. Um, I've had two homes in my life where I've experienced paranormal activity. Well, the first being my my childhood home that I grew up in. My parents still live there. There is a residual haunt in the staircase that goes into the basement. Um, Legend around the neighborhood has it that the woman who lived there prior to my family was um, not treated very nicely by her husband. And so um, on a few occasions, myself and other family members have heard like a tumbling down the stairs. So uh, but nothing else, like no footsteps, no voices, no anything like that. But you just you hear it. And there's a lot of story behind that. But anyway, residual haunt there. Fast forward many, many years later, my children and I are living in a townhouse in Metro Detroit, and there was a lot of paranormal activity there. Uh, We've caught orbs on tape, things like that. Never heard any voices, um, but lots of things like footsteps banging in the walls, um, soccer ball flying across the room for no reason. Um, And the most terrifying experience I had was in the basement of that townhouse. I was... um, just kind of warming up for a workout. So I was doing some floor stretches and I felt a tugging on the back collar of my shirt that was so powerful that I kind of leaned backwards Hmm. and there was nobody there. (laughs) It was just myself. Um, So these are just a handful of experiences that I've had. I've never done a formal ghost hunt before. It was something very intriguing to me because I watch all the ghost shows. Um, Taps, I was a big fan of Taps, the original crew. Um, and yeah, so Hotel Josephine, uh, I think satisfied that itch. Okay. So was it like when you decided to go, just so if our listeners decide, Mm -hmm. so it was like a a package. So you like got a room and like ghost hunting. The way I understand it, they offer two different experiences there and it probably varies depending on the, uh, ghost hunting crew that's hosting the event. Cause we had two different teams of hosts that were there that evening, um, so you had your choice. You could either do the package where you pay a flat rate, you spend the night, you experience all the ghost hunting, etc. cetera. Um, but there were also folks there that only came for the ghost hunt. Mm. And some were so enthusiastic about it that they brought some of their own equipment, their own EVPs, their own um, SLS, I think it is, um, and some other types of gadgets, too. Um, but, yeah, you could do it either way. But you all stayed the night. We did. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of the ghost with the most in the relationship. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe, Dominic, if you can talk to us a little bit about why you're so skeptical. Um, so somebody did ask me that while I was there. If you've experienced these things, why are you so skeptical? And I gave her um, a very clinical answer. I said, I'm a social scientist. Um, I want lots of evidence before I can support it. And so having a ghost grab my ankle was enjoyable um, at the uh, Glore Museum, but it wasn't enough for me to say, hey, there's a lot of things going on. So um, I don't I'm very comfortable with not understanding why things happen. Uh, So that frees me from having to decide, yes, this is real, or no, this isn't real. Um, The Josephine was a great experience because I got to see believers in action. And for me, that was a ton of fun. Right. Um, So, um, and I know that um, 
my wife enjoys this, and it was our anniversary, and uh, we were listening to your podcast while drinking, so uh, the the purchase was immediate. (laughs) Which is what you should all do, listeners. (laughs) Yes, Yes, I do remember I got a text from Dr. Dom that was like, we're going! (laughs) Uh, So it was a campfire decision, Um, but uh, there's just not enough um, evidence, but as a social scientist, I'd like to think about, all right, why might these things be happening, but being okay with not knowing why. And uh, Nicole's example of um, the 1950s uh, relationship and the ghost in her um, the ghost in her condo, there is a common factor there, and that is the deep freezer uh, that oh, yes. went from her parents' basement to her condo, and that's when the bad stuff started happening. So I was thinking. Well, just get rid of the freezer. Cursed uh, it's science. Cursed item. Uh, cursed item. And you you guys have done many episodes on deep freezes and the chaos that they bring. Yeah. Um, oh, maybe that's part of the paywall episodes. I apologize. Yeah. Yes, we will get We there. have so many paywall episodes. <laughs> but this did, did bring up a thing, Nicole, that you sent me one time, which was, didn't also you have a ghost cat? Wasn't your ghost or your cat haunting your oh, townhouse? We had a very unfortunate situation where a kitten died in my townhouse. He uh, very foolishly bit into an electrical cord, and it was uh, Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Poor kitty. Um, the room smelled of electrical fire and cat farts. Oh no! It, well, it, it's and he was puffed up like Pink Panther getting out of the dryer. Oh yeah. no. I mean, rest in peace. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, but, yeah, so that happened. And at the time, we also had an orange tabby who was older, maybe 10 years old. But right after that kitten had passed, um, Pumpkin, that's our orange tabby, continued to chase ghost kitties up and down the same um, kind of path that they used to chase each other in, in real life. <laughs> Um, so R.I.P. to Pumpkin too. He's no yeah. longer with us. <laughs> he has well, their zoomies together. Their zoomies <laughs> in Aww. cat heaven. Yeah. Yes, as it should be. Is the deep oh, <laughs> as it should be. But is the deep well. freeze still there? No. I once I moved again, uh, he insisted we get rid of it. Okay, <laughs> good deal. Because you have a new house, so you don't need that kind of mojo in there. No, not without some sage. No, 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 no. So okay, okay oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, so you booked this trip. So just kind of like walk us through, you know, what it was like to walk into the Josephine. Describe it for us. Well, it's in this quaint little downtown square. Um, Everything is within walking distance. Um, It's probably one of the larger buildings in the square. Um, Definitely the oldest looking. Um, But as you enter... You, you kind of feel like you're stepping into a place in history, if that makes sense, because it's not very modern. Um, and while there's some obvious things that they are in the process of fixing, um, things appear to be, you know, just kind of older, right? I don't know yeah. how to explain the decor. Well, the decor is clearly early 20th century. Like, it had been modified probably in the early 20s, -hmm. or in the 1920s. Um, And there hadn't been a lot of renovations. Even some of the upkeep was down. It is a family-run place. The family is fantastic. They're They're very accommodating. They love having the guests there. But it's very clear that the pandemic hit them hard. Mm -hmm. uh, And uh, they're having trouble with uh, some of the upkeep. So this is a a firm plug. You should go check this place out to support them as Mm -hmm. a small business. Um, But it feels like an old hotel that has not been updated in a century. Uh, With the exception of drop ceilings. Uh, which does not feel like 1920s, um, but even the drop ceilings are struggling to be maintained. So a bit place out of time. Yeah, very much. Okay, it's I mean it's it's the type of hotel you would find in one of these three light towns, uh, but uh, it's clear it is going to make its way in its haunted connections and not as a hey we need a place to stay. Mm-hmm. Type place, and it works like a bed and breakfast. Um, and 
I mean, we didn't experience that part of it. No, they were not serving right now. Um, but even in our room, there, you know, some of the flooring was uneven. Some of the ceiling work was uneven. Like the bathroom door doesn't shut all the way. None of that really matters. <laughs> I mean, you're really there for that whole like old town experience. Right. And as Dr. Dom said, the, the family there is absolutely delightful. They are very transparent about the things that they are working on in the hotel. Okay. So they will let you know when you're, when you're checking in. You might see a couple things that are exposed, but just know everything is safe. Everything's secure. We've had it checked out. Da, da, da. Um, you know, besides all of that, they're, they're very friendly. And if you ask, you know, uh, if you ask about some of their encounters that they've had at Hotel Josephine, they're glad to share some of their own experiences with you as well. So tell me a little bit about the vibe you felt when you walked in. So lots of people report when they walk into spaces, Mm -hmm. they sense things, right? That something feels different or off, cold spots. Um, Like going into the space, did you feel anything different? A little bit. I'm, out of the two of us, I'm the one who has the spidey sense. Okay. Like if, if you have a TV on in another room, I can sense that static electricity. I just know that it's on. Um, so walking into Hotel Josephine, I would say in in the main lobby area, you could feel some energy there. Also kind of wandering in through some of the, the hallways and that. Um, in our room, I didn't feel really like there were any presences in our room. And I wasn't our room called the Baron? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a cowboy-themed room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because the rooms have different names. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a very large hotel. Right? No. It's two-story plus a basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the basement is uh, it's concrete and stone, I would say, yeah. right? Because it, it gives you the feeling like it was kind of built into a hill at some point. So it's kind of rocky walls. Probably limestone. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know where you're going with that. <laughs> we did not confirm limestone. We did not confirm that. So if anyone has recently been to the Hotel Josephine, if you can confirm whether or not the basement is limestone, we would appreciate that. It was definitely the creepiest part, if that helps. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, to answer your question, no, I felt nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no, it just looked like an old hotel. It reminded me of these old hotels that we had growing up um, in small peripheral towns. Okay. Awesome. So when you got there, you checked into your room, and then sort of talked to us, talked through what happened then. <laughs> so you were just there overnight, right? Mm-hmm. Just the one night. Um so, yeah, we, we kind of settled in a little bit, um, knowing that we were going to have a long night ahead of us. We did the sexy thing that old people do, and we took a nap. A spooky nap. <laughs> an, an anniversary spooky nap. Oh, an anniversary spooky yep. nap. So, before we go any further, could you describe the spooky nap? <laughs> no, I was, I was just playing along. No, I fell asleep immediately and woke up, and it was time to eat. <laughs> I, I did... Uh, wake up before Dr. Dom and uh, just to do a little like baseline ghost hunting (laughs) I downloaded an app to my phone it's just simply called ghost hunting and it works kind of like an EVP you can set it up to do voice or text on the screen or both so Um, if if listeners don't know what an EVP is it's electronic voice phenomena so you basically are using some type of recording device that picks up voices or sounds mm-hmm. and so go ahead and in, in this instance words it'll it'll appear on your screen almost like text mm-hmm. right um so i downloaded that i was playing around with it i do have a list of words we'll talk about that later uh, but as dr dom uh wakes up and so we had a bedroom separate from like a, a sitting room area mm-hmm. and then the bathroom right so dom walks through the sitting room and he says, uh, Nicole, come look at this. And you know how in these hotels you'll have a, a laminated uh, exit route, usually displayed somewhere. I don't know where ours was displayed, if it was tacked onto the back of the door or if it was sitting on the counter space or where it was, but uh, it was on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I had hoped it was a note from Annabelle, but it was just telling us what time to check out. <laughs> no, no exits. It was, it was, it was the emergency exit route. Oh, okay. Uh, Were so. you on the first floor or the second floor? Second, second floor. Okay. Yeah. 
And is the second floor supposed to be more haunted than the first? Do you know? The more haunted rooms are up there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because as they were talking, I looked. There's 19 rooms. Okay. Some of which you can't get into right now. Mm-hmm. Because um, they're under construction. Okay. Yeah. Um, it said, I mean, probably, you could probably go in there for your ghost hunt, but there weren't mm-hmm. people staying there. Um, and it looked like like the Carrie Nation room is on the second floor. And I think some of the other more haunted locales are supposed to be on the second and floor. And we were kitty corner from that room. Or caddy corner, whichever you prefer. Wherever you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> we're very um, regionality inclusive here. Yes. <laughs> so that was that was amusing. And um, also through my EVP, uh, I had some a list of words and didn't didn't put much value on it because I don't know how great these things are, right? Um, Were you just doing this in your room? Just in in the room, yeah. Just asking some questions like, you know, is there anybody here? Can you tell me about this or that? You know, just kind of trying to put together some sort of a baseline of words that I could carry with me throughout the rest of the night to see if anything pulls in from it. And in that, did you get actually any responses that seemed... um I don't want to use the word intelligent, but sentient, right? That you asked a question and there was a word that popped up that actually seemed like it would have fit the question, even if it was abstractly, or did it feel like there's a random word generator that's just randomly generating words? That's what I felt was that it seemed more random, right? Um, But when, I don't have very much experience in this, but my understanding is that if you give spirit... Um, a, a vessel through which to communicate, they're going to want to communicate what they want to communicate. So it's not always, you know, yes or no answers, black or white answers. Sometimes they just want to convey a message. So I had a list of about a dozen words, as I said, and I just carried that throughout the night with me. And those words did come up again and again. So hopefully not killed Dom. No, no, Dom's name did not come up. That's good. <laughs> well, it's nice to know they don't have a vendetta no. you know, against old man Napper. Yes, right. No, no anti-Italian slurs. Maltese. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Same difference. Yes. Throw out the greasy sheets. <laughs> so. You all were there, though, with a professional ghost hunting group. Is that correct? Yeah. There were two teams. Uh, So there were two teams of paranormal investigative teams that were hosting this event. The first team was is known as the Wraith Watchers. Nice name. Yeah. Uh, so two gentlemen, Mike and Chris, were our hosts from that team. Are they the Wraith Hunters? Uh, yes. Did I? What do they say? The Wraith Watchers. Wraith Hunters. Yes. Wraith Watchers. I, I'm, I'm sorry if I butchered that. But the second team, uh, Dave and Christy, are from My Haunted Life. Something like our, our, haunted. our Haunted World. It's Our, ha- our Haunted Life. Our haunted life. Gotcha. I'm gonna say it right. So, and I our think it's actually life. wraith chasers. Oh, that's even better. That's <laughs> even better. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking stuff yeah. up as we're talking. So I think it is the wraith chasers. Nothing yes. better than the live fact check. <laughs> I'm not a historian, so don't hold me to remembering all these words. You are fine. You are doing a great job. Okay, so you had the wraith chasers, and then you had the my. Our haunted. Our lives. haunted life. Okay. Yeah, and that's Dave and Christy. So Mike and Chris. Dave and Christy, fabulous hosts. Um, all in all, there were about 35 to 40 people mm-hmm. joining in on this ghost hunt. Oh, wow. It's a big building. Um, so we split up in two teams. We had a team A that went with Mike and Chris, and we had a team B that went upstairs with uh, Dave and Christy. Um, prior to that, I just want to back up the scotch. I did have a, a run-in encounter with Christy as we were heading out for dinner. And I, I just politely asked, what are you doing? She said, oh, um, I'm just uh, setting some equipment up and down the hallway for our, our ghost hunt for later. And so you had EVP machines. You had the, um, uh, what is it, the electric, uh, where it, it senses, uh, help me out. It was just like an electric sensor. E- an EMF. EMF reader, thank you. Electromagnetic yep. frequency. Correct. And then, um, Evan will like this, some cat toys. Yes. <laughs> uh, specifically cat toys that will glow or sparkle um, with lights. 
Well, we had at the McIntyre Villa when we went on our Sally House ghost tour. Um, they had similar like little Orby balls that when you touch them, they lit that, up. Yeah, yes. something, something in jiggle moves. Yeah, the EMF readers are tricky because, of course, cell phones are notorious for setting them mm-hmm. off, power lines, things like that. So mm-hmm. they are difficult. And it's so strange, and I have yet to figure out why the science, such as it is, um, suggests that that would even be a thing with ghosts, right? Why, why ghosts would interfere with that? But it is, it's, so, it's such a standard tool that is basic for what most ghost hunters use. So, so you have EVP, EMF. The cat toys, the little yeah. glowy balls. <laughs> right. And and uh, Christy also used uh, an app called Necrophonic. And it works almost like a spirit box without the white noise. Okay. So if you've ever watched an episode of Taps or any of the other ghost shows, sometimes you'll Zach hear... Zach Baggins. Like the Zach Baggins shows, yes. You'll usually have a, a white noise box that um, works as a spirit box, and you hear, like, this sh- 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 noise, and then as the investigators are asking questions, you'll hear responses, voices that kind of break through the white noise. And her box was a lot like that, but without the white noise, right? Um, but the voices came through very clear, um, almost echoing mm-hmm. um and most of the words that came out were audible yeah um it was an interesting experience with her because she was having um christy was having conversations uh and asking questions and she was getting some responses some of them felt genuine some of them seemed like noise mm-hmm. um but in the hallway, we were in that group B upstairs, there was some activity. Some of the balls moved on their own. Um, and then um, uh, she started uh, conjuring spirits uh, in her head so much that it gave her a headache. And she had to, I can't go on anymore. And they, uh, Dave had to rescue her from it. Um, it was a good show. Uh, but there was one moment, and I... Uh, there was one moment in the discussion, actually a couple of things that came out of the spirit box mm-hmm. that I thought were um, interesting, more than just coincidental. So right, right, right. Uh, so we started our ghost hunt with Dave and Christy upstairs with Team B. Um, team A with Mike and Chris started in the dining room area, which is typically reserved for bed and breakfast guests. So anyway, upstairs, we had a few things that happened. Uh, so it, Christy was trying to establish whether the haunts that we were talking to, the spirits that we were talking to, were residual or intelligent. So she started asking some questions. Now, mind you, on this day, it was 99 in the shade. It was hot. There, there's very little air conditioning in this building. Um, the central air... There's no central There's air. no central air. However, each individual hotel unit has its own window AC, right? And uh, we were seated right by our room, the Baron, Mm -hmm. and we had our door shut. Christy's directly behind us. And then we're all seated on either side of the hallway, all of us with our backs against the wall. On the floor. Sitting on the floor, correct. Uh, So, again, trying to figure out if uh, our spirits that are coming through the spirit box are intelligent or residual. She started asking very specific questions, not just like yes or no, this or that. It was, there is a lady who's sitting right across from me. She is wearing a dress. Can you tell me what color her dress is? And we heard at least two voices in unison say red. And it was a solid red color. Hmm. And she didn't type in red when, like, R-E-D, click. (laughs) Uh, But it was a pretty fast response. That was Kind of cool to see. Mm-hmm. And was this a was this a word you could hear clearly, or was there like a word? And she said, "I think they're saying red." No, it this was, one was clear. Okay, because there was a lot of that. Like, I think they said Farfanugan, <laughs> uh, and there there were a lot of times where, like, I think I heard this word, but this one was clearly red. It was so loud and staccato, and it and so loud that. Some of our guests that were seated a little bit further down the hallway, everybody gasped. Everybody heard, heard it clear as day. And um, 
while I'm mentioning about folks down the hallway a little bit, uh, Christy's partner, David, was seated at the end of our group. He had EMF readers um, and a few other gadgets, and he would frequently announce if he, he was uh, no noticing like spikes in the EMF reader. And at one point, he said, I have a spike, and it's at whatever level, name a number. And it was apparently a very high number. And just as that was occurring, everybody was like, I feel something cold. And then the next, it was like a domino effect, almost like the wave <laughs> at a stadium when people do the wave. You heard it from the end, and I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. And then Dom, who's sitting to my left, he goes, I feel it. And so I reached over, and it's, it was such a contrast. Yes. And then I felt it. And then the lady that, so it was, how do I explain it? There's a theory that if there is spirit in the room, that there will be cold spots or the temperature in the room will drop. And this was apparently like a ball of cold air that was just traveling down the hallway. So not to um, raise the spirit, pun entirely intended, of any marital discord, but you had a look of... Oh, yeah, I didn't feel it. (laughs) No, because at that point, I was standing up because my knees was hurting. Um, And uh, I definitely did not feel it, but I did see the wave of people. And I was just like, well, doubt or don't get it. Um, So, so of the, of the events, and so what was what was next then after you? Uh, two other th- things come to mind. So, um, about halfway through the session, um, she did invite folks that kind of brought their own gadgets if they wanted to wander in some of the other spaces on the second floor to go ahead, but maybe just kind of report back to us if they experience anything. And the rule was, the rule was because many of us were sleeping there, if you're comfortable with people investigating in your room, leave the door open. Otherwise, just leave it shut. Um, there was a room that you mentioned, Evan. The Carry Nation. Carry Nation. The Carry Nation. I meant that was kitty corner from us. There were three folks who went in there with their own equipment, and we didn't have equipment, so we just hung out with Christy. And there was a voice that was coming through to Christy as she was playing clairvoyance um, to say, somebody here has like a small dog, a small dog. And she was very specific about the description of the dog. And she's like, somebody around here has that dog, has this dog. And so the lady that was sitting, maybe two persons to her right, she says, I don't have that dog, but it's my roommate's dog. She pulls up a picture of it on her cell phone, and it matches perfectly the description that Christy had mentioned. And she was saying, and I think it's the name is like Bella. It's Bella, Ella, something like that. She goes, my roommate's dog's name is Stella. <laughs> and all the while, the crew that went into that room that you mentioned, um, they came out, and they, on their EVP, um, had the words... There was like dog-related words that came up. I just remember they they went into the closet and were recommended to leave because the activity was too high. And there was something about a dog too, but I don't remember what it was. So that could have all been coincidence, but and that was coming through her head. So she not through a spirit box. Correct. Did she did she identify as a psychic or a trans medium or like did she say or I'm just. She didn't really identify anything, did she? She didn't introduce herself as such. Nope. Um, that was just something that we learned about her as the night went on. Because there are there is apparently distinctions. Like psychics can sense things, trans mediums are people communicate through them. She just described herself as being sensitive. Okay. Like if people are sensitive to spirits. Me yeah. too. I'm a sensitive new age guy. Oh. But no, she could actually hear the 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 words in but, her mind. Yeah. You know, and, and she could they gave that. her a headache. They gave her a headache. Um, but just to kind of back up a little bit, at the very beginning of the night, there was a meet and greet with our hosts, okay. with our investigators. And I think they kind of assumed that we already knew who they were. They definitely did. And we did not know who they were. Nope. <laughs> so maybe this clairvoyance is something that we should have known about her already. Maybe she didn't feel it necessary to you know, announce that about herself. There were people there from Tennessee who follow the, who must chase the wraith chasers. Um, But it was kind of a tight group and we were on the outside of it. So as a skeptic, as you were watching her have these moments, Mm -hmm. um, 
did you just were you automatically dismissive of it? Did you provide any space? Well, what is that? Or just like this is the show? I, it was a show, and I enjoyed watching it. Okay. Um, if she was suffering headaches because it was just too much ghost, uh, then I felt bad for her. But I also enjoyed the show very much. Okay. So um, I didn't get much out of that part because she was very overwhelmed at the moment. And um, her partner, Dave, came down almost like James Brown and kind of cloaked her up and was like, we well, got to get out of here. Uh, I must take you to safety. And then took her to the side and then he took over and not much happened. After Although that. that was something frequently Ed Warren would do with Lorraine. Well, I was just thinking it sounded like the Warrens. Um, like Lorraine Warren would get overwhelmed by the by sense the of, of the spirits, and then Ed would be like, "We've got it the, the for trauma, her safety. The, we've got to get her the out." The trauma and all yeah. that. Yes. You so know, she was definitely experiencing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one last thing that, um, to me, was pretty significant. I don't know. So we mentioned the cat balls that will light up with um, any sort of action interaction. So I asked somebody, "Can you please hand me the?" the cat ball and I set it in front of me on the floor because um, early on in our session Christy's spirit box as she's talking to adult voices that are coming through we kept hearing the giggling of children the and creepiest of all it sounds. was it was very <laughs> creepy it was very very creepy it was just like the high-pitched it, it, almost like the giggle of children that are playing on a playground like just giggle 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 and so I decided, okay, I'm going to see if I can get the children to interact, right? So as people are starting to break off into their own little investigations, I sit on the floor with the ball, and I'm just kind of pushing it back and forth between my two hands on the floor, just rolling it back and forth to demonstrate the blinking lights. And I was like, okay, I think there are children here. Does anybody want to play with my blinking ball? And so I push it in one direction, and it rests to a stop. And I say, see, it blinks. And I push it the other way. Same thing. See, it blinks. Would you like to do that? And I heard the voice go, aww. <laughs> and so I just let it sit there. And now we're having conversations with other um, guests. And all of a sudden, the thing just starts lighting up all by itself. But, Unprovoked. But not moving. Just Not moving. Um, just just lighting up. Now, is the this is a kind of a weird question, but is the floor like are you on carpet? Are you on tile? Just carpet. It was um very threadbare carpet. Okay. Mm-hmm. So flat. Not like a plush carpet. Now, when you all went, you told me a little bit about it and I said don't tell me too much because we would talk about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But one thing that our listeners might not know about Nicole is that Nicole speaks German. That's true. And I did hear that there was Perhaps some German-speaking shenanigans happening. Yes. Uh, there was an audible answer that came through the spirit box, and I said, that's German. <laughs> so what was the question, or was it just unprovoked? <gasps> could, Do you remember? I wish I could remember. Obviously, Christy was speaking English, but as she was asking questions, there was a particular voice that came through twice in a row answering in German. Do you know what it? Do you remember what it said? I, would, I don't remember, um, but there was also Spanish being spoken mm-hmm. and a little bit of French. I don't remember the French, but uh, there was. Um, That's just to absolve me because I know six French words. <laughs> <laughs> Voulez-vous coucher? <laughs> That's anyway. five. But <laughs> voulez-vous coucher? No, I don't know. We might hyphenate them. Avec one <laughs> makes it six. <laughs> but I don't know if those are all because I'm just I'm doing it by syllable. <laughs> you guys, no offense, but you know that they're all food related. <laughs> His fromage six times. Yeah, so there were different languages that were coming through. Um, several different types of voices. The children's giggling. Um, you know, some of the encounters that we described there. But remember, I did a baseline in our room before nap time. And so uh, there were some words that came through like confess, <laughs> look, muddy, odd, Dave, hurt, Wendy's, Layla. Well, the guy's name was Dave. Alcohol. Which guy? Sorry. Not one of the hosts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I do like where you're going. The only Dave you know is Dave, Dave Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Timely reference. <laughs> and we were looking for a little red-haired girl. <laughs> <laughs> and there were a 
few other names that came through um, as well as the word will. And I don't know if it's a word will, if it's a name will, or if it's a will. Oh, like we should have written one before we went? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, they knew you were a lawyer. Yes. <laughs> uh, be brave, store, and carpet. And the words that oh, I There was heard, carpet there. I know. <laughs> that means nothing. Oh, the worst. Um, Maybe they were asking them to redo the carpet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but when we were doing that um, EVP session, the Spirit Box session with Christy, the, the words that I heard were confess, muddy, odd, and hurt. And the co-host was Dave. Not from Wendy's. Not from Wendy's. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, I mean, when you heard those words in the baseline, you kept hearing them again. Was there any discussion, like, with anyone, like, well, did anyone else hear these words? Were they being picked up separately, or did you, this was just your own? I mean, we were all in the room. I didn't share these words with okay. anybody else. I just kind of had them in front of right. me, and I was just listening to see if anything might come up that would match them. So, listeners, if you uh, go to the Hotel Josephine, you should write down those words <laughs> and see if they come up again. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are, again, there are all sorts of weird theories about what sort of things might trigger these sorts of words. So, maybe there was someone who was harmed, right? Maybe there is a missing will, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe will did the harm, or, you know, I think that. If we were to explore, right, even setting aside our skeptical nature, right, we'd want to think about, well, what could this possibly mean? And then start eliminating, you know, because, the, I mean, it's very interesting. There's lots of stories about, oh, well, we keep hearing this particular ghost, and even though that person has no attachment, no, you know, especially with famous people, right? Yeah. Well, that happened with us at the Sally House, because you and I were doing the EVP in one of the bedrooms, and Monica kept coming oh, up. Oh, Monica. And then the Ghost Adventure Boys, Zach Bagans. Mm-hmm. Um, kept hearing Monica. Yes. Um, but see, then I, my brain goes to, well, there's no one there named Monica. So how is it, like, is there, because I don't understand how EVP works in terms of, you know, it's picking up some kind of alleged signal. So is it like some kind of electric wave? Well, you pick it up from the same area and it always sound the same because of how the EVP works versus it being an actual, somebody being like, Monica. <laughs> from the closet. Well, interestingly enough, if we were to take a brief hiatus from the Hotel Josephine, the hauntings at Sally House really didn't begin to manifest until the 90s. Two famous Monicas from the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's Monica from Friends or Monica Lewinsky. So maybe there was a TV, but lots they, of news. But it started before <laughs> both of those Monicas were in our lives. The hauntings? Yeah. Maybe the shows are manifestations I the haunting. Haunting. I thought the hauntings <laughs> at Sally House started in 97. No, I think they started in 93. Oh. Well, this is... Maybe it was a prescient ghost. Trust the historian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a political scientist. I don't do dates. <laughs> Declaration of Independence in like 1797. I don't know. Elections like happen when they want to. <laughs> something like that. When the news comes to talk to you, that's when you know it's happening. <laughs> so um, in the conversation about the Hotel Josephine, has anyone ever reported feeling unsafe? Do the spirits there... Is there is there actual from what you either learned about or talked about or experienced yourself? Like, does it feel like there's actual attempts at interaction, or is it does it feel more residual? Or, uh, well, there was one male voice that came through that was pretty vulgar, that was kind of flirting with the, a blonde lady that was sitting down the hall from me. <laughs> Do you remember No, that? I don't remember this at all. Was he, it me? He wasn't really there. <laughs> she was blonde. Dom. Oh, no. Never mind. Dr. Tom was in a trance the whole time. <laughs> um, so that was one thing. Was it safe or unsafe? We don't know. Um, but we, I can say this, okay. that um, uh, at the end of the night, they set us free. Yeah. To investigate where we wanted, and all of us pretty much went to the basement. And the basement was very creepy, catacomby. It's where things get to be stored and never used again. Um, But there were lots of nooks and crannies, and there was Mm -hmm. one storage room that's supposed to be more haunted than others, uh, which they don't like people going into. And as the owner said, well, we really don't like people going in there because that's where we store our beer. Um, I was wondering why, like, why, why don't we just have some spirit beer um, and there are these giant um, life-size nutcrackers um, like Christmas style mm-hmm. uh, nutcrackers but Dave um, we asked hey we haven't seen Dave and Christy in a while and the the uh, homeowner said that um, Dave left he was very very troubled by what happened 
in that room. Like he went down in there and was very troubled by the spirits and the feelings and he took Christy and they left. Now, was Denny's closing in an hour? <laughs> um, it is possible, but he uh, used that as his reason for leaving. He yeah, was it, very troubled by what was going on. We went in there, and it was it was an ugly room. It was creepy, but we didn't experience anything in there. No, nothing in there. And then also to the side of that, there's another room that has a well. Never a good thing. Never no. a good thing. Not if you've seen the Ring movies. No. <laughs> there, There's a well. Um, they do have it kind of... Uh, barricaded off because there's like a chain link fence so that people can't get too close to it. But there's a couple chairs in there that have dolls on them, old creepy dolls, mm-hmm. like with the ceramic heads mm-hmm. and Everyone's like cloth bodies. Favorite. Yeah. That, and people were recording orbs. That was really frightening. They, they had an app that would allow you to see paranormal stuff. It's called Ghost Tube. Yeah. It so. definitely was not a filter that put orbs on what you were seeing. <laughs> uh, but they were showing that when you... When you would go into this room, the algorithm was like, oh, we see a creepy doll, throw some orbs. Um, but it was they were showing lots of extra activity. There was also a, like a mattress laying on the floor in the corner mm-hmm. with a headboard, mm-hmm. and people were conjuring there. So we, we just sat and watched the conjurers, and they were really trying hard. And there was a little bit of movement with the cat balls, but... So describe the conjuring. What were they doing? Uh, they were talking, trying to talk directly to the children like they were traumatized children. Um, and there was three of them. And I think two of them were together. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had their own bag of toys and um, uh, receivers and whatnot. And they were very invested in finding something. Mm-hmm. Um, from what you witnessed, do you think they found anything? Not while we were sitting there, no. No, not while we were sitting there. I, I, and, and, and even um, one of the investigators, if I can use that word, I don't think that she was getting quite the reaction out of her equipment that she was trying to get, nope. if that makes sense. She had one gadget, it was like a little tower, and it had levels of lights, so depending on how strong the electromagnetic field was around that tower, it, you know, kind of like the strongman hammer thing mm-hmm, at right. the carnival, the the light would climb up the tower. And she wasn't getting more than like the first couple blips. Yeah. Um, but kind of back to the well room with the dolls, that, that SLS app with a ghost tube. Um, so not only does it pick up orbs that you would see as kind of like little balls of light that are floating around, um, it would pick up those um, stick figure anomalies. Yeah. Um, but in full disclosure, it picks up also the stick figure anomalies of any humanoid figure that's in the room. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the dolls, whether it's the seven foot tall nutcrackers, um, other people in the room, it'll assign a stick figure anomaly to, to that entity. Um, but we had uh, other fellow investigators uh, who were reporting that there were stick figures that were separate from those that were coming up on on their their monitors. So that was interesting. It wasn't something that we personally experienced. Mm. It was just secondhand information. That's that why was it was fun basement. to watch all these chasers because we, we were not equipped, but it was fun to watch all of these people who definitely spent a lot of time doing it and to see... Their performance. And a lot of money on, on this equipment. Yes. Pieces of equipment. I mean, some people were saying, oh, I spent $600 on this piece of equipment or something like that. So these are people who are really invested in this as a hobby. Um, they could have been patrons with that kind of money. <laughs> I mean, we want our own SLS Connect machine so we can yeah. see <laughs> yeah. um, stick figures. At one point, we did swap teams. So we, we started the first half of our evening with Dave and Christy. We Do we have time for this? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. There's very little to say because there oh. wasn't a whole lot that came up. Can I tell the story then? Please do. Okay. (laughs) So we went uh, with the first team, the Wraith Chasers, and I have to admit, just in case anybody who loves the show is listening, um, I came in a bit prejudgmental. They're very bro-y. I believe I sent a picture to Dr. Evan and I said, are you familiar with this group? And her response was, 
uh, about as familiar as they are with leg day. Uh, and it turned out to be true because they these guys were jacked up top <laughs> and uh, chicken legs down below. But these guys were super nice. Um, uh, super nice. But it, they're kind of their broiness continued in this search. And so um, I guess they had great success with group A in the dining room. So they were expecting to have success again and in group B and I was sitting right with them um, like right at the same table with them they got nothing and part of the reason why they got nothing is somebody brought their own equipment in that appeared to be more sensitive and it wasn't it Mm. was actually distracting it was disruptive they weren't able to read anything on their own machines Um, and um, I would like to say that the experience was kind of um muffed up because of this other person was like, well, we're not reading it on mine. Um, and it was also very noisy. It kept giving out that white noise, but mm-hmm. it was very squawky and loud, right. but picking up nothing. But where, why I really like Dave and Christy and Christy asked some really like regular human experience questions and was trying to connect with what we knew about the people there. Um, but these guys were, it was basically If a frat boy wrote a model for how to connect with a ghost, what was the formula? So they tried to connect with him with three things. Hey, there's pretty ladies here. Yep. So no chance of these ghosts being gay. Uh, Or women. Uh, (laughs) Or gay women. uh, Or gay women. No. Uh, um, uh, They put money on the table. Hey, do you like money? Um, Yes. Um, There was a $100 bill on the table at one point. Uh, Did you take the $100? I did try to say, hey, everybody, close your eyes. <laughs> oh, the ghost took the money. It's crazy. Um, so it was uh, women, money. It's almost a Scarface trifecta. And, um, booze. and booze. It was booze, yeah. So they were pulling booze bottles off. They were like, well, we can't connect with these people at all. It's like, well, if they're children. I mean, what? <laughs> they're like, mommy says I can't drink, so I should. That's my ghost voice. Uh, also my cat voice. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, uh, it was it was thirty minutes of that squawking box and bro talk. It did at one point. It was very entertaining. It devolved to dad jokes where they were telling really terrible jokes to see if they could get response from the ghosts. Um, but nothing happened in that session. There really at all. was very little to talk about. And, yeah. And yeah, they said, well, these are the trigger objects that worked in our first session, and we got lots and lots of interaction. And it just, it wasn't working out right. There was one voice that came through the voice box. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, how much money do I have on the table right now? And we heard it say hundred. Yeah, and it was it was pretty close to what was on the table. But yeah. you, it, was one, it was definitely one of those, if I say it, can you hear it now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because they had a playback function on theirs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we had a great time in that session, but it was... It, it did not seem like an effective way to get to a ghost unless it was another bro. So a lack of ghost cultural competency. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> it reminded me very much, for anybody who's watched um, the CBS show Ghosts, the pantsless guy. Oh. Uh, that was the only one. That Trevor. Would, Trevor, yeah. That's the only one they would have connected with. Um, they were a lot of fun. I was under the impression that when we were done with our sessions that we would be able to hunt on our own with the hosts and they were they were out immediately because mm-hmm. um, they they had another uh, gig the next day um, so that was a little disappointing because I would have loved to have used their really nice equipment um, but um, or just a sh- shadow with them or just yeah. a shadow with them yeah. yeah so about how long were you with hosts throughout about an the hour each yeah about an hour each oh, okay. about an hour for group our first group, an yeah. hour for the second group, and then they let you have the run of the house for the last two hours. So, and so what time did it start? So, like, what time did you... 9 p.m.? Okay. Yeah, the session started at 9. The meet and greet was at, like, 8. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from about 11 till... Well, we were the last ones hunting, weren't we? There was there were a few other stragglers. Yeah. Um, oh, and another patron. His name was also Dave. Oh, so I met a few days. So it was proof. So, uh, <laughs> so but we, we were like, well, we have the run of the place. Let's check the whole place out. And any room that was open, uh, we went in. Mm-hmm. So it was a really beautiful old building. Lots yeah. of cool stuff in there. Yeah. Um, odd that people would let us into their rooms with their stuff in it. Uh, trusting. It was very trusting. That yeah. was kind of um, 
kind of beautiful about the chasing culture yeah. is whether you were new like us, the, we had dinner with um, a woman and her two teenage daughters. It was a birthday present for the young daughter. So we were definitely outsiders and um, everybody treated us the same. It was a, it was a really good time. Yeah. So going forward then mm-hmm. um, with this experience behind you, uh, are you planning any more important holiday ghost adventures? Well, my anniversary is only once a year. I know. There's other important <laughs> holidays. But, you know, there's, <laughs> there are birthdays. There's Birthday, Christmas. There's, there's Thanksgiving. There's Arbor Day. Oh, the, the great Arbor, tree ghost. The Arbor Day you tree never ghost. Know. Go to a haunted forest. Oh, no. My no. dream would be to go to the hotel from The Shining. Oh, the Stanley, but, yeah. but the Stanley Hotel, but that's everybody's dream. Like everybody wants to go. To we the do have a bit of an issue though, because my son, who is twenty, has been asked not to return to the Stanley. <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> um, I believe there was a miscommunication. My son likes to hang out in hotels and just sit and sketch, and apparently the, that wasn't adding to the mystique they were hoping. <laughs> so he was he was asked to leave. So if they see my name, maybe they won't let us in. <laughs> no sketching for us. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to get you on record now. Yes. Um, when we do the Beatty House, is mm-hmm. this something that you might be interested in joining us? Oh, for on? sure. Oh, you yeah. know I would be. All right. Yeah. Excellent. On record. And I promise as a skeptic to not ruin, I don't think at any point I went... <laughs> Um, or boo. Unlike uh, the Glore. Unlike the Glore. <laughs> no, the Glore, I he, accepted it. He did very well at the Glore. Except I mean, it's when he wasn't scaring students. Except for poor Emma. She is traumatized. She's, She's still traumatized. Then I made my mark as a teacher. Yeah. Would you be interested in going to a haunted cemetery with Absolutely, us? yeah. All right. There's all sorts of plans. I believe, as one of the great philosophers said, I ain't afraid of no ghost. Fair enough. So, yeah, I'll go wherever. And I promise not to ruin it. The final question I have as we kind of move towards the conclusion of the podcast is um, knowing what you know now from this particular experience, um, what would you do differently and what would you recommend to anyone who wanted to do this type of thing for themselves? At the Josephine? Uh, At any spooky haunted location. I would say do as, you know, learn enough about the location to get interested in it. But don't learn everything about the location to where it takes away from your own organic experience, right? And I say that because I have terrible short-term memory. (laughs) So even though it was your podcast that clued us into Hotel Josephine, by the time I got there, I forgot almost all the history that you had provided, and I didn't bother looking it up to relearn it. So when I heard children's voices and some of these names and things that came up uh, that were coincidental to um, some of the story you gave, the background that you gave, to me, it was an organic experience. It wasn't something that was forced because of, you know, previous knowledge. So that's my advice. That's a a tricky thing. It's, you know, because you're trying to avoid effectively selection bias Mm -hmm. where, because I know that this thing is supposed to happen, you're much more prone to having that thing happen, even if it doesn't happen at all. Fair. For me, um, as uh, a less believer, um, I think it helps to go with people who are believers, who have the equipment to show. I think if it had just been Nicole and I, it would have been... Um, not as interesting, not because we aren't as interesting, but we were experiencing through other people. And that makes a huge difference. Um, it is kind of a celebration of this unknown world. And I, if I had gone by myself and Nicole had just been using that app, I would have been like, oh, there's another Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and then we would have gone to Wendy's to, to fulfill the prophecy. Um, but uh, it was... The whole seeing the whole community work on this was definitely worth it. Oh, uh, I wouldn't want to do it by myself because being a non-believer is easy to be anywhere. Uh, so go with those those groups who are invested. All right. Any final questions for you, Doctor? I was going to say. So for both of you, did this experience make you more of a believer, less of a believer, or no impact whatsoever on that? That's an interesting question. Um, I don't know if it made me more of a believer, but it made me really excited that the experiences, it made me very excited to learn that the experiences that I've had in my own life are not unique. 
if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? For me, it doesn't change my belief or non-belief, but it did give it did open my eyes up to um, uh, a world that uh, I've never partaken in. So seeing everybody be very excited about the prospects and even these small hits like the red dress or the glowing cat balls, um, it was just a lot of fun. So I know that I enjoy it. um, And uh, whether it's performance or not, it doesn't matter as long as I was entertained. Excellent. Well, of course, uh, we want to thank you for taking your time to come and talk to us. Um, Of course, we will always get all these stories in different formats, but it's really nice to share it with our listeners who may have had similar experiences but didn't know other people had. Um, so we appreciate that very much. Thank yeah. you. Does this make us the Warrens of your podcast? You are <laughs> Ed and Lorraine Warren. Well, weren't you quasi-Catholic at one point? Both of us. Both oh, of us. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. I was raised very And I built Catholic. like Patrick Wilson for <laughs> listeners at home. <laughs> I mean, you, like you are you're, you are more built like the real Ed Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> well, Who I'm when sure you, was a handsome man <laughs> at one was, time. He was perfectly lovely. <laughs> oh, that's what men love to hear. Oh, he's a perfectly lovely man. <laughs> but when you become an official exorcist for uh-huh. the Catholic Church, let yeah. us know. Well, right. they won't have me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, he wasn't confirmed. I was. Um. <laughs> Well, then you'd be like the real wards if you became an actual exorcist. Ooh. And demonologist. Oh, boy. Nobody wants me showing up. You believe you have a demon? All right, move. (laughs) (laughs) Booga, booga. Well, if Patrick Wilson would show up at my house without a demon, I would accept it. (laughs) Yes, yes, demons everywhere. In my bed. Or fear of Formiga. Like, either one of you. Just appear. Tell me more about my ghost. <laughs> well, as we wrap up today's podcast, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We want to thank all of our patrons. Um, we try to run through their names all the time, but we always forget. There's the Philosophizer. There is the Jet. There is Money Penny. There is Ghosted. There is Apple Pie. Apple Pie. Creepy Creep- Crawl Space Girl. Creepy Crawl Space Girl. The did Gypsy you, Queen. Did you say the Jet? I did say the Jet. Um, the captain, yeah. the original patron, the captain. Yeah, you can't forget the captain. Uh, the ghost whisperer. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that's everybody. And Dave. And Dave <laughs> Thomas from Wendy's. Hashtag not sponsored, hashtag sponsor us. Um, so moving forward as we think about upcoming episodes, please let us know that we pay attention to your feedback and thoughts. We are working to maintain a very active Facebook presence. So if you ever want to check up, on a variety of interesting topics, some of them more interesting than others, I'm sure. You can always log into Facebook. There is a new post every day, sometimes even two. Um, we will be recording another podcast in a couple of weeks. We have some ideas and suggestions that have come in from listeners, so we're going to be pursuing those. And of course, if you have had spooky experiences and are in the immediate area of where we are, we are happy to sit down and talk with any of you about and if, that. And if we can figure out technology, we can even Zoom you. Yes, that is... Uh, Meaning less, that you don't have to be in the yeah, room with us. Less, actually, It's actually less challenging to do a Zoom than having two mics hooked up to our computer, to be honest. Um, because Zoom will always give us an audio transcript and audio recording and not video. So we can always do that. So anyway, we're happy to hear your stories. And until such a time as spooky season rolls in, stay spooky. And watch a horror movie. Or two. Yes. All right, bye. 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 bye.